0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. While some spe- people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, "All that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone." that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? He answered, See that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, and plagues from place to place, and awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. Before all this happens, however, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and to prisons, and they'll have you led before kings and governors because of my name. It will lead to your giving testimony. Remember, you are not to prepare your defense beforehand. For I myself shall give you a wisdom in speaking that all your adversaries will be powerless to resist or refute. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: The great temple of Jerusalem was really something to behold. You know, here was one of the most magnificent buildings in all of the world, right there in the middle, the heart of Jerusalem, in the middle of a desert, you can imagine can imagine what it was like to be a pilgrim or a visitor coming up from the Mediterranean or coming down through the Jordan Valley and climbing up to the city of Jerusalem and seeing this thing for the first time there in the middle of nothing but rocks and stones and rubble, this magnificent building constructed by Herod the Great himself, built of Warm, cream-colored limestone decorated in gold with all kinds of plazas and steps and doors, and it was magnificent. And it was built high on top of the highest point in the city of Jerusalem. And there on a massive foundation that Herod had constructed of massive stones, the size of five men weighing over a hundred tons each. On that foundation, he built this high rise that goes up and up and up. It was magnificent to behold. Anybody seeing the temple of Jerusalem for the first time would have exclaimed, Oh my God, it's so beautiful, it surely This is a building which is going to last forever. And and then to see it at night, to see it illuminated by hundreds of gas candles and lamps, it would have glowed with an ethereal glow that would have reminded everyone seeing it of its meaning and its purpose. There, Past the courtyards, past the steps, past the doors, past the great curtain built, made of of purple and blue thread and gold. Beyond that great curtain, the Holy of Holies. That small, little, dark place deep within the temple where the very presence of God dwelt. The God who had created the universe in six days. The God who spoke to Abraham. The God who called Moses. The God who manifested himself as a pillar of fire and smoke. Leading the Israelites through the desert to the promised land. The God who called Elijah. The God who spoke through the prophets. The God of Israel. The God of the universe. That's where he resided on earth. This temple was the very navel of the world. and Surely everyone who saw it would have thought and believed and exclaimed, This is a temple of God that will last forever. It's no accident that in this particular chapter of Luke's gospel, Jesus finds himself with his disciples in Jerusalem, And it's only a short time before the events of Holy Week begin to unfold. And Luke places Jesus and his disciples in close proximity to the great temple of Jerusalem. And while his disciples are admiring, as everyone did, one of the most magnificent buildings of the world, built of limestone and gold with curtains of purple. Jesus is not so sure. Remember, of course, the thing was built by Herod the Great. It's the same Herod that pushed Joseph and Mary and Jesus into Egypt and persecution way back in the beginning of the gospel story. Not the nicest character in the world. But even more than that, Jesus is a wise person and Jesus knows that this temple has been built by human hands. As magnificent it is, it still is constructed of stone. It still was made by human hands and nothing made with human hands can last. Eventually, sooner or later, it will fall to the ground. And, and Jesus tells His disciples, well, yes, it's beautiful, yes, it's magnificent, yes, it's a holy place. But the day will come when not a stone will be left on a stone. And that was impossible, almost impossible, for those disciples to imagine and know. But Luke knows it, because Luke is writing his gospel After the year 70 A.D., that's the year the Romans finally grew tired, exhausted, annoyed beyond what they could bear with these Jewish revolutionaries. They were tired of one little revolution after another, so they decided finally, let's just level the place. And So in 70 A.D., the Romans came in and after slaughtering the requisite number of inhabitants to send a message to the rest, they looted the temple, took away all of its treasures, and then they set within it a huge bonfire. Massive fire. And limestone, as beautiful as it is, still has enough moisture in it Then, when it heats up to a certain point, it simply explodes. And with that fire, the Romans knew, They would take down that temple in an instant. And sure enough, the thing heats up and the stones start exploding. And before the day is over, there's nothing left of the great temple of Jerusalem, the temple of Herod the Great. It's gone. It's gone. Beyond the imaginings of anyone. The great, most magnificent building in the world is nothing but dust. Luke knows this and his readers know this. This is now part of their history. They also know that this is the end of Judaism as it had been lived up to that point. Without a temple, without their capital city, the great diaspora of the Jews begins to the far corners of the world and lasts for a couple thousand years. And for the Christians, it also marks their final leaving of Judaism. They are excluded, they're cut off. They're no longer part of that tradition, that religious community. And they're on their own. And they too, of course, have to live with the Romans. They, too, are about to begin to realize what it's like to be strangers in their own land. They, too, are about to discover the powerful force of the Roman Empire when it comes down to bear upon them. They're discouraged. They're they're wondering what their point is. When is Jesus coming back, by the way? When is, when is the world going to be right for us and for everyone else? When is this great Kingdom of God going to happen? Because the world is a mess and it's particularly hard on us who are believers. But when Luke places Jesus and his disciples next to that temple, he's asking his readers a really subtle An important question, which of these temples is the one that lasts? Which of these temples, the great temple of Herod the Great, magnificent in its splendor, with the Holy of Holies deep within, that is now nothing but rubble, or the temple that is Jesus himself, with the presence of God within? Which is the true, deepest, richest temple of God's presence for us, for you. The temple that looks like it will last forever but doesn't. Or the fleshy temple that we know in only a few days will be destroyed and crushed but will rise again. Looks like it will end and be destroyed but actually lives forever. Forever. Which temple is the true temple for us? Where does God reside? In good times and in bad times? In a temple made of stone? Or in a temple made of flesh and blood? That's the great question Luke is posing to his readers. Subtle. It's implicit. It's not spoken out loud. But they know the answer, of course. They know that when Jesus gathered with His disciples on the night before He dies and shares with them His body and blood in the bread and wine of that Passover supper, that Jesus is giving Himself to them and that they then become the very body of Christ. And they know that when those same disciples gather on Pentecost 50-60 days hence. And the Holy Spirit comes down upon them in power. That they have received the very grace, the presence of God into their hearts and into their lives. And that presence now dwells in them and among them. As the body of Christ here and now. So. It doesn't matter whether Rome crushes us. It doesn't matter whether the world is going to hell in a handbasket. It doesn't matter if everything is falling apart. It doesn't matter if the world even comes to an end. We live with the assurance and the hope and the faith that God's presence through Jesus Presides here. And whether the nations rage, whether the mountains fall, whether the hills turn to dust, Luke proclaims this moment in the gospel that God dwells.